And welcome to the Run Local Podcast. It's the podcast where we invite guests across the spectrum of society, including elite athletes, entrepreneurs, local legends, and beyond. We utilize the sport of running to learn more about these individuals, their community, and what they're doing to change the world. Uh, we believe in the power of movement and doing the doable at a local level. And so unlike other podcasts, you'll get the opportunity to jump between a myriad of hosts. Uh, sometimes it's me, JT Service, the, the founder of Run Local. Uh, sometimes it's just Josh Muxon, who's the voice of Run Local. Uh, Jimmy Coleman does a side podcast called The Side Hustle. Uh, today, you get Josh and JT, uh, both with uh, IPAs in our hands, which makes us even more fired up to be recording with a friend and an alumnus of my college, and that is UC Santa Barbara, Danny Moreno. Josh, we have Danny Moreno. That's it's fantastic, JT. Look, uh, you gave folks a warning um, about whether or not they wanted to stay on for the podcast, but I think you brought them back in to the fold with the introduction of Danny. Uh, <laughs> we're about like, to jump off, uh, you think, yeah. like right away. They were like, you know, no. Now we're yeah, they're like, uh, oh, <laughs> ah. Interesting. <laughs> it's all about Danny, the run local. Surprise and delight. Surprise and delight. Uh, Danny, welcome to uh, Run Local Pod. Thanks for making the time to chat with us. Um, and one thing that we normally do uh, with all of these podcasts is uh, get out of your way because we know that no one knows you better than you know yourself. Uh, so one thing that we love to do with all of our guests is tell us who you are, Danny. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be on. Um, my name is Danny Moreno. I'm a professional trail and mountain runner for Hoka One One, Rabbit, and I'm also a newly minted coach with Chasky Endurance Collective, so that's really exciting. I focus on mostly races, mountain marathons are kind of my bit, or really technical races, we call them sky races, and I've been running professionally for just a little over three years, ran at UCSB, proud Gaucho alumni, where I ran the 5 and 10K, and pretty much have been running more in my life now than I haven't, which is something I discovered the other day. Oh, that's I know, cool. it's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah. You're younger than me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that out years ago, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, so yeah, I'm not racing right now, obviously with everything with COVID and stuff, but yeah. really about my training and still getting out there and getting after it. Well, you know, one of the things that's that's super awesome. I'm going to jump in and interrupt JT, uh, which is pretty much part of the course. So buckle <laughs> up. This is going to happen a bunch. Um, one of the things that that uh, it's really interesting you say that. I mean, I know there's no races that are going on, and you said been, you're running more of your life now than you than not running. Uh, has the training changed at all? Have you have spent more time out there? doing the things you love just with all of the you know no fine-tuning for races or anything like that yeah it was kind of weird at first um i think everyone was kind of in this weird limbo state where we first were getting used to the idea of not the not knowing um whereas i think that's more comfortable now uh, i think mm -hmm. running attracts a lot of perfectionist type of uh attitudes and personalities very type a so we like having like okay x plus Y gets us to Z, um, and Z is X amount of months or weeks away. And not having that Z, I think, threw a lot of people off, including myself. And I consider myself like a type A minus B plus personality. <laughs> um, so I'm like, all right, let's 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 roll with the punches. But I think it was difficult for everyone. It's difficult for me. At the beginning, I kind of um, just went to the mountains 
all the, like a lot more than I normally would, whereas normally I pace it out just based on what works for me. And um, now we just have like little tests for me instead of races. And I find out I found out really quickly that I almost gravitated to still having that structure and running just because everything else feels like there's no control to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that all of that uh, calculus, the uh, I, I think like x plus y equals z, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Like I'm glad you're the one making sense of it all. Like I said, JT, the wheels are spinning there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm not a math guy. <laughs> artists and more like the the soft sciences yeah you know, yeah, you're, you're social you're sciences <laughs> isla vista was a really strong place for me like not a lot of math just like what's up bro how are you how's everybody you feel like you're the mayor of like trigo or something yeah. like that like it it was really good times josh you would have flourished is this is this all uh ucsb stuff yes it is sorry we're, we're all... naming the small neighborhoods and streets of yeah. <laughs> It's all it's all it's all gaucho talk. It is all gaucho talk. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the gauchos. You are the second gaucho female we've had on this podcast. Our first guest ever was uh, Steph Rothstein. Oh, Steph Bruce. I never know what to call her, even even when I like talk to her. But uh, <laughs> I've known her for a really long time. Do you know Steph? Um. Yeah. We. She's come to town a couple times for a race. It's called yep. the She Is Beautiful race. Um, oh yeah. We don't know each other extremely well, but we know each other. That's really cool. Anyway, so it's great to have another gaucho on. I think this is only the second one. I'm glad we're sticking to only the females. The males are disruptive and <laughs> frankly, not well, really I, even. Look, I, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to experience the the wonders of of life in Santa Barbara as a undergraduate co-ed. Um, so, Danny, what? Give us, give me a highlight. Like, if you're pitching Santa Barbara as like a place for a runner to go to, either an ancient runner like myself mm. or a brand new one. I mean, what's the, what's the pitch? Why should I go to Santa Barbara? I feel like that's a it's a hard question because I feel like people who live in Santa Barbara purposely underpitch it so that everyone can <laughs> stay away. It's kind of it's, foggy. It's LA, tons of smog. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's quite the opposite. I think, first off, people tend to loop it in with L.A., and it's very much not the same at all. Um, for me, running on the trails, the most I'll drive is maybe half an hour. Um, you can usually get to the front range 10 to 15 minutes. And every runner that I've had visit here from, like, my professional and elite friends are always taken aback by how much water there is. People just assume mm. like Southern California and that it's a little more dry. It's not quite as lush as Northern California, but we get like our waterfalls and like the streams and rivers and stuff like that. Um, and it's really technical terrain. So most people, again, when they think of Southern California, which they loop us in together, it's kind of just like these flat fire roads, which are beautiful in their own way. Um, but our, tra our trails really get you ready for races with a lot of vert and that are really technical. Um, which is a little hard to come by. And um, we have our whole, uh, the Los Padres National Forest, which is like one of the least visited national forests in my opinion. And it's one of the, it's just such a great um, resource for us to have because we have all this land. Um, pretty much every trail run I've ever done in the backcountry, I'll see like maybe one person. And I know that's just not the case with these other 
like trail towns that other people live in where you'll see like every person that you know of and their mother. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. You can get very, you can get miles and the community's awesome. And the best part is whenever you get to the top, you could see the back country, which during the winter has snow, and then wow. you have the ocean. And it's just kind of a surreal place that I've only ever experienced that type of landscape in Patagonia where you see snow covered peaks and water of that mass at the same time. That, wow. that was one, an amazing description, but also <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta commend you on your humble brag about Patagonia. Um, <laughs> Which is like, I mean, you know, like been there a, a handful of times. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was okay, I suppose. Uh, so, could, I mean, we're going to get to that part for sure. Just the general curiosity. But JT, like that. does that, before we go, before we go off to Patagonia, um, does that square with your experiences at, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's different. Harbor? It is different. No, I, I know what she's saying. Like I've been back there and I've, uh, hiked or Seven Falls or done some of the Camino Cielo, like a long run along there. But we stuck, when I was in college at UC Santa Barbara, we stuck so much to the flatland and to, you know, we were, it was very specified training. It was like, go out and do a tempo and you've got, you can't go up and explore these trails or we just didn't do it enough. And I don't know, Danny, if you did it a ton in college, but I feel like there was a lot to be left to be desired. And I still had an amazing time and an amazing experience with the program. It was like, a was this way down the coast and B was this way down the coast. We would just yeah. decide which way to run that day or we'd yeah. run the track or on a bike path or something like that. So I feel like I left a lot on the table in Santa Barbara by not exploring as many of the trails in the single and technical pieces as she's, as Danny's referring to. So I think I have to just try again, like go, I'm going to go back for another four years to trail college in Santa Barbara and <laughs> let Danny coach me. I, yeah, I give a big thumbs up for that. I completely agree though, because sometimes a lot of people are like, how long have you been in Santa Barbara? And technically I've been here since 2010 when I was mm -hmm. going to school. Um, but very similar experience where like in college, your life is this like square by mile dystopian kind of slum of a place, right? That's where you live. <laughs> and then you have these little runs that go either this way or this way. The bluffs or the yeah. bluffs. Yeah. And most people in college don't even have a car because it's so crowded. You just bike right. everywhere, wherever your bike can take you, and you occasionally go downtown if you're feeling right. crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it's crazy to go back there, one, to see all the children um, and be like, wow, I was a toddler carrying around a six pack of beer. That's crazy. <laughs> And then to um, to realize how much of my life was in such a small part mm -hmm. of what this area has to offer, um, even just with the cultural aspect and, you know, the, the different tribes that lived here, whether it's Jumash and stuff like that um, in the backcountry, just having that experience is really, has really been eye-opening too. And then I was an outdoor guide right after school, and so I was out on the Channel Islands all the time, and I was like, I didn't even ever think to go out here when I was in college. I was just like, yep. oh. Well, there's land out there, um, <laughs> but even that's amazing. Yeah, you probably both were spending most of your time, your free time in the library, right? I mean, you kind of have, in a way, I kind of did a little bit. Like I was, I like school, so don't be mean. Like, that's what you mean, like, like I'm a little nerdy, Josh. Thanks for nothing. Anyways. Um, <laughs> 
and yes, school is tough there. It's tough to get into UC Santa Barbara. We have like four Nobel laureates in the last 20 years. So I don't know what Idaho's producing right now. Um, yeah, you. I mean, just like, I don't know, just like forestry management. So if you're into that sort of thing, <laughs> if, you, if you like the environment. Well, actually, Danny probably is into that too. People yeah, write your poems, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of the land. You know? I love it. Okay. Well, there was one more section of Santa Barbara that I just, I just um, found, which was just north of El Cap, or I don't even know if that's north at that point. If that's uh, west, depends on the side of the, the side of the uh, map they're looking at. But just, just north there, um, and then south of Gaviota, there's this, this like great little stretch of coastline that we just camped like off the side of the road and on the side road. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think there's surf here. I don't know what I was thinking on that too. Like just surfing in the same spots all the time. So I think the whole thing is like, maybe the, the lesson is getting out of your typical thing, like that run A or run B or surfing sands or surfing depressions or whatever it's going to be like seeking a little bit more. And I feel like I, I, I could do that still you know, in a, where I live now. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there are hidden gyms everywhere around us. That's a, I think that's a super interesting point. So Danny, one of the things that I was uh, curious about from your perspective is like, there's always this assumption that as you're an athlete, um, as a track athlete, the, the transition into the professional realm has to go on the track, right? It's, it's achieved domestically, maybe run a few cross country mm. races, couple of road races, go to Europe, spend a time on the circuit in Europe, you know, all that stuff. Um, it's just circles, circles, circles. You took a different approach, right? And tell us about like when did you realize like, hey, maybe the maybe the circles aren't as cool as I thought they sh they should be, and and you decided to, I mean, honestly, go to another extreme um, with altitude and trails and things like that. What? How did that decision come about? Yeah, it was. Um, I don't. It's. It was kind of a crazy experience in the sense that. I had fallen out of love with the sport. I didn't really plan on doing it competitively ever again or taking it to the level that I had in college where it was pretty much my life. Um, along, I mean, along with school, but it was just those two worlds. It was running in school. Um, and I don't know, I kind of, it just left me with a bad taste in my mouth. I realized on, at least for me personally, how much I felt like I had missed out on in college by just living in those two worlds. And so after school, that's when I started outdoor guiding. And um, first I outdoor did a nonprofit where I just worked with kids. And that was really fun. And we traveled all over California. We did kayaking, climbing, backpacking, just all these really rad things in really cool places. Um, and that's kind of where I started to run just a little bit. And it was kind of an accident in the sense that there was some kids who were on a trip that were on like the cross country team of that school and they needed someone to go with them like a, a chauffeur or whatever. Um, and they're like, Danny used to run. I'm like, I guess I can just take these kids on a run. And I was horribly out of shape. Um, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Where like where we're running, it's on these trails. We don't really know where we're going. The kids had like their plan. I mean, I did that for a couple of days with them. And then um, past that, I just started doing that on my own on the islands when I started working with a different company where I would just, I would live on the islands for multiple days in a row and I didn't want to just stay at camp and I didn't want to hike because it was too slow for me. <laughs> so mm -hmm. then I started running gradually. 
Um, and then I was working for a family in Santa Barbara and the mom who kind of acted like it's the second mom for me. She's like, you should see if you could like fast hike competition or she didn't know what trail running was. <laughs> There's probably something of, of that sort that you could do and like find your niche again. Um, and then that's when I literally just went on Google and put like mountain hiking fast, like <laughs> mountain hiking faster or something like that. And I started looking like up adventure races and stuff. And I was like, well, I don't have enough money to commit to that at this time. And then I just found trail running and then just went down a rabbit hole. I was like, whoa, this is a whole new world. I can, I can just do this. I don't have to do it competitively. This is just something really fun. And, um, I just started training again and I did a race in San Luis Obispo and I like won the whole thing. This is a really small race, but I was, for me winning something mm -hmm. in college was really, really hard. Not that this race wasn't hard, but I was like, I just got off the couch and won this race. And I won this <laughs> cup in college. I would just get a pat on the back and like, thanks for one point or two points yeah, for the day. <laughs> I got a cup. This is awesome. And I started looking up other races. I was like, holy wow, there's like prize money for this. I can get fifth place and win a hundred dollars. Um, and so I, where it really started to change for me and like, I guess to your question of like this big transition, I guess that was like a little inkling of it. I wasn't training. I was just kind of like jumping in things, but there was this race up in San Francisco where there was a decent amount of prize money. First place was like $1,500, which to me at the time was you were rich if you had $1,500 yeah. being a post grad out of college. Um, and I just thought I could get in the, the top five, which again would put me like in $100 or something. And I ended up winning and my mind was blown. And yeah, I was like, cha-ching, I could do this for a living maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy but more so it was that people came up to me after the race and were so intrigued with me like where did you come from mm -hmm. do you know who you just beat one of the girls who I beat was like the the former USA champion at the time and to this day like she's she's a good friend of mine and she's like Who's no that? one knew who you were uh Maria Dalzot she's okay. us yeah um like she no one knew how I was she's like do you realize you're running like five forties on that downhill. And I, I wasn't even wearing a watch for the race because it, the race was really long. It was the longest I'd run in my life. Oh. Uh, and yeah, it was just this surreal feeling. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like no one forced me to find this sport. It's, it's technically still running. Um, and I just, I feel so much of myself here. And that's when I started exploring the trails on my own and really getting into map reading and all the gadgets and gadgets that come with trail running, I found really interesting. Like, oh, you need to bring food so you don't like pass out, and like you need to bring <laughs> survive. Like yeah, exactly. I'm like, if you bonk like five miles away from the trailhead, what are you gonna do? And it was just all these different problem solving things. Um, whereas on the track, your problem solving is, do I go with the pack or not? Not to right. oversimplify the sport, but that's kind of the extent of it. Whereas this is like pacing out your feeding and your and your, the drinking of the water and stuff like that. Um, and I love the variety. I think that was a big problem for me in college is keeping me focused. It's like, Danny, just focus. I'm like, but we're just doing the same thing, you know? <laughs> focus on what? Yeah. yeah. It's like, is yeah. this red or is it red? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, are we doing two more laps? Okay, we're doing two more laps. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love the variety. And um, eventually, I began to seek out a coach. Just people were like, you should get a coach, you should get a coach, you get a coach. And the coach that I have now, I'm like, really grateful for him, because he noticed that I wasn't ready to fully commit to this new sport. And again, there weren't a lot of track runners transitioning, like, my PRs are, are decent, but they're not like all American level, even for when I was in college, um, mid 16s for the 5k, low 34 for the 10k. So they're solid, solid yeah. nothing, nothing that like a Saucony would have been like, we're going to sign you post college. Um, but for the trail running world, they're like, holy smokes, you're fast. Yeah. And I just, I never saw a world where that was going to, I don't know that 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 would surprise people. Um, so that was also I, I recognized that I was kind of ahead of a trend, I guess you could say. <laughs> no, yeah. it's really cool. Um, Dave, to make sure we get a good shout out, who's your coach now? Terry Howe. He is amazing. Yeah, he's local. in Santa. Yeah. Huh? He's, he's in Santa Barbara. Yeah. He's local. He coaches um, Curly. He's also a local. Mm-hmm. DJ DJ Curly. Yeah, DJ Curly. <laughs> So DJ Curley's my my era back in Santa Barbara. Oh really? Yeah. He was on the team for two years and then he had like a little falling out. I don't know if it was coach, but it was kind of like a falling out with life too. And I think he'd be the first to to admit that. And he has like come back now at the age of 38, qualified for the trials last year, lost like 50 pounds. Uh he's he's a pretty, pretty cool story in Santa Barbara. Where he's a TSA at the airport, like uh, and he's been working uh for that since like 9-11 I think since like 2001 like way wow. back wow. Yeah. And, with, and that's another good I mean it's another good story of like folks and, and Danny you're highlighting this of like just kind of like figuring out like what makes what makes life fun you know what's what keeps this going um yeah. I'm sure as you kind of like continue to progress in your career you, you know there's there's other folks that that um came to you for like these these sponsorship ideas and and opportunities to allow you a little bit more freedom to do even cooler things right like we talked a little you talked a little bit at the very beginning about this idea of sky races and i don't think that i mean i don't really know what what that is i thought that was like a movie it sounds cool though it sounds, sounds like yeah. it's floating on the clouds it sounds amazing you're like Blade no, Runner. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian, uh, isn't that Ian? Ian, what's his name that started the Sky Racing series? Oh, like here in the states. Yeah, I, I thought know. he started like a version here, but whatever. They have them everywhere. That, like, yeah. So what, what is it? What is a Sky Race? Sky races are the best races in my opinion. They're um, so and basically, story. yeah. <laughs> and, or they're typically the most technical. Most sky races are between like 6,000 and 14,000 feet um, as far as the altitude goes. And most of the time, I say most because, you know, you have your bookends. Uh, they're about 25 to 30K and they average between like 5,000 and 8,000 feet of climbing. And they have like more technical ones where usually you get on a ridge line and you're actually doing some light scrambling or they'll have like a chain where you're like holding on to the edge of a cliff. Um, they have one here in Lake Tahoe that's pretty well known, Broken Arrow, where you get to the top mm. and you like, climb this rickety ladder and you're like 
crawling in the snow at the top. Um, and then depending on how much snow there is that year, you could be very much riding the snow on the way down and on the way up. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much just like high peaks where you have a little bit of gnarliness, even though they already naturally have gnarliness to them. Uh, and yeah, they're just really cool. They're just, they're, they're considered the most technical races in, in the like trail running world. If you're like, so I'm going to pursue sky racing. It's like, Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically Race. running on the top of mountains, like that. Yeah. It's literally running on the top of mountains. Is that? Yeah, is that, that, that sky running part is like you're typically above the clouds. Wow. That's, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. I'm just going like, well, I went on the bay for a few miles yesterday. Yeah, did you? <laughs> that's called bay running. Bay running. <laughs> it's you're Everyone well below the clouds. Good. If you're curious, you're well below the clouds. Just at the level set. Yeah, that sort of thing. Oh, that's so cool. Um, uh, that is. I super need to know. I want to know a a typical day then in your in your life in Santa Barbara. Like, what would it look like? I know, it, and knowing you, because you can't stay focused all the time. The days probably are different every other day. But how about an ideal day? What's an ideal day look like? Morning to morning to yeah. pillow back on the head back um, on the pillow. Well, I do, I do work full time at a tech company, so I have to stay focused Monday through Friday. <laughs> so we'll leave those. <laughs> um, as far as the weekend goes, waking up early and doing like a good mountain run. I really love like close to three hour mountain runs. Um, that's just where I feel most like myself. I'm out there for a good amount of time. I'm eating and stuff like that. And then um, eating a lot afterwards. And then either taking a nap or going straight into another activity, whether it's yeah, fishing with my boyfriend or climbing with friends, um, surfing. We've done that a couple of times. Um, I just like balancing the day out and feeling like I'm filling it up. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's pretty ideal for me. And then hanging out with my dog, River, of course. That's cool. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Favorite <laughs> restaurant, favorite healthy spot to eat or non-healthy spot? <laughs> um brazil arts cafe it's on upper I, state Street. they're yeah. super good yeah, yeah. they have our like producer, our producer david monaco has taken me there a few times uh one of his yeah. favorite spots too you probably run into him only because there's 17 people that live in santa barbara so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. every time i'm out i'm like either i'm really popular or santa barbara is really small <laughs> because i always see someone i know <laughs> Probably a little column A, probably a little column B. Um, what is next? Like, what do you have? What do you see? Uh, are, are there any big races that you would love to happen that you could see happening in the fall or maybe next year? Is there something uh, you're, you're money pointing to in terms of a traverse uh, or, or something like that or going for a record or, or maybe not? Maybe you're just kind of like let it, letting it flow right now. Oh. I and an add-on. I'm gonna throw an add-on to this. Like, if you could, if you could put together a race, like, where would you want to put together Ooh. a race? Okay, um, so there's a two parts. Two parter. Two parter. Okay. Um. Well, I'll, I'll do a little side appreciation. There's this guy in town who made like an SBVK when this all first started, and everyone in town went after it and i i think we just really appreciated that as a community he like put together a website and stuff um and he just picked this route that everyone did 
And then he's done another one, another version of it on our trail. So he just keeps on coming up with these challenges that everyone keeps doing. Uh, so cool. I, yeah, I've appreciated. Wait, let's dig into that a little bit. How are they doing it? Are they like, is it a Strava segment? And then mm -hmm. you basically, is some, everyone's just trying to best their own time or best each other and, and getting after it? Yeah, basically he made this website called SBVK. And if you're in the Santa Barbara area, you you pretty much know based off his directions like what the route would be. Like I think if someone from out of town came in, they would it would yeah. they would have a little more trouble figuring it out. Yeah. Um, but it's like considering everything going on, you should be doing this by yourself. Um, these are the That's required cool. items. You should have water and stuff. Basically, just like I don't want anyone to sue me, though. <laughs> I doubt anyone would. Um, <laughs> and you do the Strava segment and then yeah you just see who the top 10 is and he was pulling times for like a certain window and putting them on the website and it was cool to oh, see cool. oh this person went out after it yesterday this person went after it today uh and everyone kind of took their stab at it and it was cool because like the first week it was no one was really doing it and then you're like oh shoot 10 people did it oh 20 people did it oh wow That's now cool. People did it, and it was cool to kind of see that momentum build, and that the community was stoked about it. Um, so yeah, now he he made a new course that, because I don't know, it's a really hard course. It's like six miles with over three thousand feet of climbing. Damn. You're not gonna keep doing that, so <laughs> he made a new one, which is awesome. How'd you do? Um, I did I did all right. I uh, I think I'm like twelfth overall the last time I checked between the girls and the guys and nice. I was sub 70 minutes. Yeah, it was good effort. That's cool. I know that's something that could happen anywhere, Josh. You could create a segment on the Bay Trail, nice and low, like three miles flat, super boring. That'd be good for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. no turns, uh, all pavement, um, out and back preferably. Yeah, I think that's probably the way I the way I do it. Yeah, so I'm being facetious. You're uh, Josh uh, sells himself short. He's like 40 something years old, and he he ran 109 for the half marathon like a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> do what you can. Do what you can. Uh, to, to talk to us, Danny, about uh, your like, where where's your ideal race? Where where would you want to do that? I know you I know you name dropped Patagonia a little while uh, ago. <laughs> I go back there fine if you uh, if you want to you want to go somewhere else you know um oh my gosh that's really hard um hmm I mean Patagonia was beautiful out of all the all the places that I've raced the Fair two the two that stick out to me are Patagonia and Scotland mm. um they just both had this almost overwhelming type of beauty that um, I felt like I had only seen in pictures. And they both, they just were both inspiring in their landscape. And there's a lot of places that inspire me. Um, but like in, when I was in Scotland, I was like, wow, I can see why there's so much folklore around here. Like just, the, it felt alive and it was the same in Patagonia too. It just felt really untouched and untamed. And I, I liked that aspect well, of it. Where were you in Scotland? Um, Glencoe. Okay. It, yeah, it was like northern Scotland. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah. One of the gnarliest races I've ran in my entire life. Scots are crazy, man. <laughs> I'm like, this is normal to you? We all almost died in a hailstorm. <laughs> They're like, you'll be fine. Just go to the top. I'm like, there's a hailstorm coming in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You know, yeah I, think, I think I call that sun. Maybe the hell's sun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it was awesome. Um, yeah, if I were to make a race, oh man, that's such a hard question. I would say Canada or Patagonia. Um, both of them, I like. I like uh, a little bit of technical and a little bit of rolling. I like pine trees and I like really blue water. So that would mm. probably, those are the type of aspects I would look at. Yeah. That's cool. Um, all right. Oh, as far as yeah. racing or two though? Yeah, like what do you think? Um, it's hard because I feel like you keep, the next one gets canceled, the next one gets canceled. I'm hopeful for the fall, but there's this really cool one called the Golden Series that Solomon puts on. Um, and before it was like multiple races throughout the year and obviously they're not able to capture points that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they just released this new structure, which I haven't seen before, or maybe they used to do it in the past, um, where it's like a four day stage race. And oh, at cool. the end of each day, they crown the up the best uphiller, downhiller, fastest person. And I forgot what the last one is. And then you wear that jersey, from what it's I understand. The next it's a running tour to France. That's how they do teams. <laughs> you need teams. And we need a domestique. And we need people, uh, we need strategy and uh, oh. unitards. <laughs> I think it's not unitards, but I would. I was thinking this is great. I want to see it. I hope it happens. Yeah, I hope it happens. Do your domestic? Would your domestiques in this race, Danny? Would they bring you like sandwiches and stuff, like a hoagie? I mean, what yeah, do you? You don't have to carry your water. You don't have yeah, to carry you your pe peanut butter sandwich. They're yeah, handing so you uh, cold pizza. I don't know. What do you want to eat? What do you want to eat on that thing? The domestiques got a cold. A cold layered superfood. I think you want layered superfood. Uh, what's the other thing? Oh, well, uh, kombucha. <laughs> I drink kombucha all day. I have a problem, man. Yeah. <laughs> Laird Superfood, have you ever tried their creamers? No, I want, I'm in, no. I mean, you shouldn't I be surprised because Laird is such a beast. Um, yeah. but it is so good. Like, the creamers are really good. Um, I'm really gracious for that partnership. They're really a really cool company. Yeah. So what 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 is this? Is it so it's a it's a it's a superfood that goes in your coffee? What? Yeah, yeah. They have Ooh. like two. It's it's basically like dehydrated coconut water, and then they have like this algae thing in it, which is supposed to be good for you. Um, and then they have it's different. Thing, the, what is that mushroom? That huge mushroom thing that he was making tea out of for a while too, or no? I don't know about that. <laughs> Sorry. That's cool. <laughs> that's a different superfood. Yeah. Like that's that's post event. Yeah. yeah. No, he well he has like um mushroom infused coffee. So he's really into mushrooms. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank and then they have like a mushroom powder, which is like lion's mane and other yeah. mushrooms I can't pronounce. And then they have like a turmeric coffee thing. And yeah, they just they just have different flavors like that, which are cool. Have to, check, have to check it out. It sounds. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take anything to spice up my morning routine. It's. Or it's. Routine. <laughs> yeah, but what is the morning anymore? I don't even know. What day is it? I don't know. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. All that's right. Cool. So we got so we got your event. We got we got some sky racing in Patagonia with domestiques and uh, custom jerseys. We want in. We uh, want to invest in this in Danny's 
Danny Sky Race in Patagonia. All I want to do is like see Danny approaching the leaders and saying, "Oh, she's reaching into her suitcase of courage as she approaches the next summit." You know, like the whole the whole full meal deal. She's wearing like a polka dot jersey uh, because she was the top hill finisher from the day before. Yeah, this is great. This is fantastic. This is I'm so glad um, we figured this out. It only took us 43 minutes to get here. Yeah, that's yeah. it. We got there. That's it. Oh, I would say my my race would have a lot of technical downhill. That's my favorite thing. Mm. Is technical. Yeah, those are. That's you, like, you just send it. You go for it. I go for it, and those are probably like my favorite compliments that I've gotten in running is when people are like. And then you just took off on the downhill, and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> then we hit the downhill. This was just like, it's over. Is it like orienteering where you can just take your own path, or do you just, or do you have to stay on the trail, on the downhill? That's really funny because I feel like that's somewhat of a controversial topic in the trail and mountain world, in the sense that um, Europeans tend to do that because they. A lot of them come from an orienting background or um, like like downhill skiing where you can you can just pick your line most of the time in mm -hmm. like mountain races, uh, whereas Americans tend to stick to the trail that's outlined. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's a controversial. I think so. There are races that are trending that way now in the U.S. that are kind of like trying to mimic European traditional European races, not championship races where they're like you get to the top in whatever way you want, or there's three different routes to get to the top. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Mount Marathon in Alaska, but that's like a pretty cool race where there's two ways to get mm -hmm. to the top. You could pick either way, um, cool. or like you could pick different ways, and then you get down however you can as long as you're on this side of the mountain. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic. I have never done a race as of yet where you can pick the downhill, but I think that'd be super interesting. You know who I guarantee would be into this? The Scots. Yeah. <laughs> choose your own like, adventure. Choose your own adventure. Oh, it's not a trail. I'll show you the trail. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even have. It's not. They're not even trails. It's just like that's the summit. Good why luck. would I? Yeah. Why would I go that way if that's if the top is right in front of me? We just go straight up that hill, and I'll uh, figure it out. <laughs> Oh man, good times. That's, that was good times. That's fantastic. I think we covered it all and I'm really stoked and I can't wait to see Danny's trail race in the future. I want to see, I kind of want to see the Golden Series happen um, just because I want to see how a Tour de France and running works because I've been think, we've been thinking about it for a long time. Somebody's mind melded us and stole our idea. Danny, <laughs> thank you for the tour through Santa Barbara. Uh, and I think it's so cool that you went from, you know, serious track and field into make, you know, choosing your own adventure uh, yeah, in, yeah. in trail. Pretty yeah, fun. for sure. For sure. Danny, so if I'm, if I, well, so if someone's new to trail, let's do a little bit of it. You're coaching on the way out here, right? Like someone wants to get into this or super inspired is why wouldn't they be? Um, not only do they have to do a little bit of training, but they got to, you mentioned a bunch of gear up, right? Like yeah. what kind of kicks are they looking to put on their feet? Mm. Um, how do they get it? How do they prepare themselves not to get That's destroyed good. on the trails? Um, give us like a little bit of like, like, like top three tips. Give me a bit of gear, give me a bit of like prep and give me a bit of recovery. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for people who are new to trails and 
I kind of did this by default, and that was before I had a coach, is going by time first. Uh, I think if you're like a tra track or road runner, your life is dependent on your splits. Or you get so used to, I run eight minute pace, I run seven minute pace, I run 10 minute pace. Yep. Um, the trails that just goes out the window. And so instead of being like, I'm gonna go out for my typical eight mile run, it's like, just go for an hour. That might be four miles on the trails, maybe six or seven, eight if you're like a crusher for the people. But just to be nice to yourself in that way, um, so definitely go for time first, uh, get yourself a pair of trail shoes. I've taken friends who were very confident in their road shoes on the trails and it did not turn out well, even for me, when I began, um, you just really make yourself susceptible to rolled ankles and you want to try and avoid those bad experiences with the trail at the first hand. Um, personally for me, I train in the Hoka Challenger ATRs pretty, uh, commonly, um, and the Hoka Torrance. They're kind of mm -hmm. like lower profile shoes, a little lighter. Uh, a lot of people like the Speed Goats, but they're a little too heavy for how quick uh, someone may want to try and move through the mountains. So those two, um, you have to carry your food and your water. I'm a big fan of belts, though I've noticed even like with other women, men tend to like handhelds. I think it's just like an upper body thing. Um, but yeah, so I like belts. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're always doing this. <laughs> Spreading uh, their arms when they're yeah. <laughs> Just like milking some kind of running cow. Yeah. <laughs> milking, the, milking, the, milking the sky cow. Yeah. Um, but anything to carry water, again, trails are just so different. Like, depending on where you live, the altitude variance, your heart works a little bit harder, like again, going by the time. Um, it's just your once you start switching to mileage, you're out there longer. A 16 mile run on the flats is two hours, 60 miles in the mountains could be close to three hours. Um, just like that water and something about pace changing. I scientifically don't haven't nailed it down, but something about pace changing like definitely messes with like how much food you need and water you need. Um, but yeah, those would be my top tips for sure. Cool. That's and cool. And Josh, I'm so glad you asked that because I think there's so many people getting into the sport now of just running, running, like just getting out the door because they're, you know, the, we don't have Soul Cycle and Orange Theory <laughs> Fitness and any gym really at all in California yeah. at least. And, and, and running and seeing a boom, like there's people just throwing on whatever shoes they have and they're getting out running. But I could also see that group getting bored with the, the flat boring stuff and i think trail could be a great way to keep them engaged and keep oh, them from for getting sure, bored for sure that's i mean honestly and show them the connection yeah yeah we joke about this bit that like man i love going into hutter to love going into edgewood like water mm -hmm. dog lake park all the parks kind of pocketed around here i've never run a nice scene which is something that i oh, you to gotta come um, but now okay. I'm all fired up to visit to visit uh, Santa Barbara because it sounds like some mm -hmm. great spot to be. Um, JT, one of the things that I've been thinking of is like you've actually got a pretty sweet uh, event that's that's set up through um, um, that allows you to kind of like experience a little bit of like the the California coastline, right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we just started um, a virtual event because that's the only events we can have right now. So the run local. Um, events presents the California Coast 500, which is really just supposed to mimic 500 miles from Santa Monica Pier to the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, it's sponsored by Hoka One One, 
uh, and we partner with Power Lab, who's going to help us track our miles just daily. You go out for a run, you go out for a trail run, you go out for even a hike or a walk, and you can watch your progress between Santa Monica and oh, awesome. San Francisco. So that will start June 8th. Registration is open now at runlocalevents.com backslash California. If you get to runlocalevents.com, you're going to be able to find it. <laughs> Um, out from there. I think we're going to try to just put Danny on the spot to see if she'll she'll participate. Um, yeah, you want in, Danny? You okay. In? Yeah, I do want in. That's such a I cool cool concept, especially for people who live in California and have maybe like done a couple road trips that way, um, or mm -hmm. even along the coast to be able to identify that with places you've seen. That's what excited me most. I'm like, I've been to Santa Monica Pier. I've been to every, most any place in between there in the Golden Gate Bridge to be able to be like, today I reached Santa Cruz or today I reached, you know, the one or near Big Sur. That's so cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, we are too. We're trying to make it interesting for people who are just, and maybe that's part of it. It's like they're dull three miles or five miles or something they're fitting to be, and then sending you content that like you're in Santa Barbara now and hit them up with a podcast from Danny Moreno, who's a trail runner there, and we're talking about these different things. So there's gonna be some automatic emails and some introductions to places that they may not have uh, explored. Oh, that's sweet. That's awesome. Now I definitely want to sign up. Cool. So All right, Josh, you're in too. So I got two people signed up right now. Awesome. I'm just kidding. Hey, We've almost had a thousand, which is really cool. A thousand people running 500 miles. They're shooting for 500 miles this summer. We're gonna get some people fit. That's cool. And Danny, uh, super interesting conversation. So thanks for the time. Um, if folks want to learn a little bit more about your background, who you are, um, how can they do that? Yeah. So I have my own website, uh, Danny slash Moreno.com. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram. That's Dan underscore yell, like Y E L L underscore a turns out there's a lot of Daniela Moreno's in the world. Um, and I just didn't feel like keeping my name and putting a number. It's a beautiful to name. Thank you. Thank you. We will put uh, uh, your your Instagram, your website, and things connected to it when we send it out to uh, the listeners. So I hope hope they can then follow you there. And then maybe even if they're looking for for coaching services as they get into trail, yeah, you ready to take on some new athletes? Yes, I I have some spots. I just started coaching. Um, literally just last week, our our collective kicked off. It's a really cool concept in that like we learn from each other all the coaches kind of bring something different we have weekly meetings monthly meetings and it's about knowledge share uh which i hadn't seen before and what attracted me to the group um but yeah i focus on i could do road track and trail but i'm mostly interested in people who are in that intro to trail phase again cool. people just don't know who to ask questions and i even have pro athletes ask me questions uh that are switching over that don't know how to do that switch like a nice nicely yeah. nice and what is the name of that again chasky endurance collective chaskies were the um i think it's the aztec tribes they were the folks that carried conch shells and would deliver important messages throughout the their tribe hmm. well yeah. we've delivered a, a very important message, a very important message. <laughs> yes we have it's been a good day all right uh on behalf of josh moxon Thanks, bud, for being on here. I was low energy today, and I, there's no way I could have oh, done this without you. Good. This is great. Danny, <laughs> I mean, right Danny from the did I learned a ton about trail. I'm kicking myself for not running in those trails all throughout college, but I'm coming back. Dude, uh, yeah. JT, we gotta we gotta plan a, we gotta plan a trail race, man. Like just like for to participate in, not to actually like oh, organize. Yeah, yes. 
100% that. Two, run local trail needs to be a thing. Uh, and then I can't wait to see the, the Tour de France develop and then Danny's Danny's future accomplishments. Oh, so. That's going to be amazing. That is going to be amazing. Danny, huge thanks. This was great. This is definitely uh, the highlight of uh, my Sunday, um, possibly my whole week. Who knows? Oh, you know, I'll have yeah. to look back on that. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I love it. So uh, this is the Run Local podcast. Thank you, Danny Moreno. Uh, you can find out everything about Run Local events or Run Local apparel at runlocalevents.com. We'll put Danny's notes in the bottom of it. We also are starting a new thing. We've been doing it the last few weeks called Run Local Wednesday. It's hashtag Run Local Wednesday. It's where we really push for you to think local first on Wednesday. Monday is for meatless Mondays. We can't fight that. Tuesday is for tacos. I, I'm not going head to head with tacos. Thursday is the new Friday. It's a party little face off in Nyla Vista and everywhere else. Fridays, I'm Aloha, you know, like shotgun. I can get Aloha Friday. Saturdays are for the boys. Sundays for God and the NFL. <laughs> Josh, run I don't know, man. With, I run say, local I, Wednesday. I'm like, hey, can I buy that thing on Amazon? Maybe, but you know what? I'm going to see if I can find it local first. And you know, and can I go and do the other thing and eat local or whatever it's going to be? Run local Wednesday. We think run local first. What do you think? Oh. I think it's great. All right, go out, do something local, support your local businesses, not just Wednesday, but you can do it any other day of the week as well. You can do it any day. You can do it any day. You really we're can. Gonna, we're going we're gonna to chide you if you don't do it on Wednesday, that's for sure. Exactly. So, Peace. Great job. Danny, huge thanks. Great to have yeah, you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate I it. I love it. Thank you, both. Everyone be safe. See ya.